Hey fam, I am back. I missed you guys. Hello, hello, hello. Let's bow our head in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come humbly yet boldly to your throne of grace, Lord, asking for a word, Father, asking for a release, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm asking for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Father. I'm asking that you increase as I decrease, Father. I'm asking you to put your words on my tongue, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my brothers and sisters, over myself, over this episode, Father. I bind up any hindrance, any distraction, any device from the enemy, Father. And I cast it down, Father, in the name of Jesus. And that is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians 4. Unity in the body. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture said, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descends is the, is the one who is ascended higher than all of the, all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that he will be mature in the Lord. So we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us. With lies so clever, they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, fam. Let's keep going. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from, they wander far from the life God gives them because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. 
They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling these lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Okay, family, let's go to First Corinthians twelve. And let's start at verse twelve. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye. Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of parts of the body that seems the weakest and least important are actually most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So if we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care, So God has put the body together such that our extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. That makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts of God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help each other, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. 
Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interrupt unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. So if you go to the next chapter, it's talking about love is the greatest, ma'am. Love is the greatest. Love is the number one commandment. Love God with all your might, all your soul, okay? And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Go to love is the greatest. You can read that. We're not reading that right now. We're going to go to Exodus 6. Let's go to Exodus 6. Let's start at verse 1. Then the Lord told Moses, Now you will see what I do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan, where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel, who are now slaves to the Egyptians, and I am well aware of my covenant with them. Hold on, Van. Went to. Okay, sorry, my my Bible skipped back. But I'm on the right page again. Therefore say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression. He is speaking to you, fam. Take this take this word. Therefore say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. Take that word, fam. Take that. Take that. He said he will free you, okay? He said, I am your Lord. You hear him? Listen, so Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Don't don't harden your heart, fam. Don't harden your heart to the Lord because his power works best in your weakness. Then the Lord said to Moses, go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave his country. But Lord, Moses objected, my own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen? I'm such a clumsy speaker. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them orders for the Israelites and for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And then they're talking about the ancestors. So we're going to skip down. Let's go to verse 26. The Aaron and Moses named the list are the same ones to whom the Lord said, lead the people of Israel 
out of the land of Egypt like an army. It was Moses and Aaron who spoke to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, about leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. When the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, everything I'm telling you. But Moses argued with the Lord. I can't do it. I'm such a clumsy speaker. Why should Pharaoh listen to me? Okay, family. Let's go. Let's go to the next chapter. Then the Lord said to Moses, pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh. The Lord is telling Moses, I'm giving you authority. Okay, this is some authority Pharaoh ain't never seen before. I'm giving you the authority. Okay, family? Take that. He gave, he gave you the authority. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Tell Aaron everything I command you, and Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. Now, you know how to, at the end of chapter 6, Moses was like, but Lord, I'm such a clumsy speaker. Why would Pharaoh ever listen to me? This is my weakness. I can't, I can't speak. Lord, you know I'm clumsy. It's power in that release. It's power in humbling yourself and saying, Lord, I can't. Because that's 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 where the power come in at. Lord, I'm not good at that. Lord, I don't understand how to do it. Lord, Pharaoh ain't gonna take me seriously. And then you go over here and he said, but I'm a, your brother is going to help you. I'm appointing your brother to help you. And he's going to do everything that I tell him to do. And you're going to work together. That's the unity right there. That's the unity. Listen. And then it says, tell Aaron everything I command you. And Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. But I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. He said, but I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. God, when he shows up, he shows up big. He shows up in a way that there ain't no denying that he is the Lord, okay? He's coming to show him that I am Yahweh, okay? I ain't never told God, I ain't never told about my name was Yahweh. I'm about to show you that I'm Yahweh. That's what he's saying. Even then, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you, so I will bring down my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my forces, my people, the Israelites from the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. Sam, I've been telling you that the Lord is coming. He's about to do something big. He's about to put his hand down on Egypt, family. Catch it. Catch it, family. Catch it. When I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will know that I am God. He said that he will let your enemies know that I am God. Sit back because vengeance is mine. By the time I get done putting my hand down, they going to know I'm God. That's what he said. That's what the Lord said. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they made their demands to Pharaoh. 
Listen here, the Lord will use you. It don't matter how old you is. It do not matter if you can't speak properly. It do not matter. It don't matter. He ain't going to use you to work the miracle. It's the fact that he gave you the gift that he appointed you to use. And you're going to use it. He don't have a respect of a person. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand, show me a miracle. When he does this, say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down in front of Pharaoh and it will become like a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did what the Lord had commanded them. Aaron had threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials and his officials and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called in his own wise men and sorcerers and these Egyptian magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their serpents. I said serpents. I'm sorry. I began hype. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Pharaoh's heart, however, remained hard. He still refused to listen, just as the Lord predicted. His, his word not going to come back void. So we get into the plagues, family. We get into the plagues. Y'all can read the plagues. Let's go to Exodus 17. Let's start at verse 1. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin. Okay, family, I read the NLT, okay? And it says, at the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin. Listen here. The Lord, at his command, you can leave the wilderness of sin. You can put on your new man. Do you get what I'm saying, family? You can leave the wilderness of sin and put on your new clothes of righteousness at the Lord's command. Okay, don't sit here and be like, I don't know how I can stop sinning. It say right here, at the Lord's command. That's what it say. You can't do it. But at the Lord's command, you can. Okay? And moved from place to place. Eventually they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst. You see how the enemy be trying it? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us or our children and livestock with thirst? See, you see how the enemy was trying to torment them with thirst, and he had them thinking that it was better for them to be in captivity by the Egyptians? You see how the enemy would just lie? Like the Lord, you just seen the Lord work miracles. You just seen him part the Red Sea. You just seen him drown your enemies, and you think he can't provide you with the living water? Listen. Don't let the enemy lie to you. The Lord will provide a way, okay? And look, watch. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai, 
strike the rock and the water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and the water gushed out as the elders looked. Moses named the place Massa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? You see, even in your doubt, the Lord will show up in a miraculous way to show you that I am Yahweh. I am the Lord, okay? He will pull up and show you I am Yahweh, okay? I am the way because I am Yahweh. That's what he be saying. Even in your doubt, fam, you can, you see how Moses he Moses went to the Lord and was like, Lord, what do I do? They ready to stone me. Even in your weakest moment, the Lord will show up and be like, this is what you got to do. Just trust them. Moses said, I can't do this by myself. I need to go ask the Lord because I can't do this by myself. I know he got an answer for me. That's what he said. While the people at Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Attack them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us tomorrow. I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So you see where it's unity in this body. It's unity. Moses can't do this by himself. It's unity in this. Listen, so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalek gained advantage. So you said, when you think about him holding his hands up, right, let's just think about it like this. Moses was praising the Lord. And every time he stopped, the enemy gained, he, he got to gain an advantage on him. But when he put his hands up in total surrender, when he could praise the Lord, he gained, he gained like, Lord, what's the word I want to use? He was able to overthrow the enemy. They began to start winning again in the battle. You get what I'm saying? His praise helped his men in battle win. You get what I'm saying? Moses up and Aaron and her, they up. But they but they not in the war. But with their praises, they helping to win the war. You get what I'm saying, family? Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes you need uplifting. Sometimes you need your brother or your sister to come hold your hand up because you feel like, I'm tired, Lord. I can't praise no more because I don't know, Lord. The enemy, every time I get out of praise, the enemy start attacking me. I'm getting tired, Lord. I've been praising you. I've been praising you, but the fight's still happening, Father. Oh, and then that's when your brother and sister, and they come in, and then there's unity in that. So then they can hold your hands up and praise. So let's see what happened after they kept on holding his hand up and praise. As a result, Joshua was overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. See, he told Moses to write down your testimony. That's what he said, because the unity in the body was able to overcome the enemy. Y'all catching me, family? I will erase the memory of Amalek from under the heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner 
He said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. You get what I'm saying? Because vengeance is the Lord. It says that they raised their hand against the Lord's throne. Take it out of it. If that person don't like you, they not. it's not that they don't like you. They rejecting the one who sent you. The, the, it's not your battle. The battle is not yours. Okay? It says that the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Vengeance is his. So let's go to um, Matthew 12, fam. I be getting hype. I know I do. I know I do. <laughs> I know I do. Let's go down to verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus Excuse me, fam. He held the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard that the, heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Just Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But I am casting out demons by the spirit of God. Then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could be who could tie him up, then plunder his house. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you the truth. Every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven as that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. Listen, let's talk about, let me go to the bottom of my paper Bible. Hold on, y'all. Because let's talk about blast team of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's read the Bible of my Bible real quick. The Pharisees had blasphemed against the Spirit by attributing the power by which Christ did miracles to Satan instead of the Holy Spirit. The unpardonable sin is the deliberate refusal to acknowledge God's power in Christ. It indicates a deliberate and irreversible hardness of heart. Sometimes believers worry that they have accidentally committed this unforgivable sin, but only those who have turned their backs on God and rejected all faith have any need to worry. Jesus said that they can be forgiven, not because their sin is worse than any other, but because they will never ask for forgiveness. Oh, Jesus said they can, can't can be forgiven, not because they, not because their sin is worse than any other, but because they never ask for forgiveness. 
Whoever rejects the prompting of the Holy Spirit removes himself or herself from the only force that can lead him or her to repentance and restoration to God. So y'all get what, what he's saying? When you blast in the Holy Spirit, you're denying the power and you're, de- you're, de- you're denying the conviction. So you keep on denying the conviction. It's going to turn to your heart being hardened because you're never going to ask for forgiveness. Because the Holy Spirit convicts you of what you did wrong. And if you won't acknowledge it and repent to it, how can you receive your forgiveness? You understand, family? Okay, let's go back to verse 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruits will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruits will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. I love how Jesus be, be like, you brood of snakes. I, listen, it's that swag of Jesus, I'm telling you. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day of every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Okay, so let's go to... Second Timothy chapter two. A good soldier of Christ. Timothy, my dear my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in affairs of a civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. An athlete, sorry, fam. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Also remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preached. And because I preached the good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it brings salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to cite fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. So family, in reading Exodus and Matthew, right, and even when reading Ephesians and Corinthians, we have to have unity in the body. It's not about who got what gift, who, listen, his power can work best in our weakness. Your very weakness can help build up your brother and your sister. And your brother and sister's strength can build up your weakness. You get what I'm saying, family? If we are divided, we cannot stand. 
we have to come together in unity. We cannot tell each other we don't need each other. We are all fighting the same battle. We are all fighting the good fight of faith, fam. We need unity. We cannot stand if we are all divided against each other. You feel me, family? It's about getting these souls. It's about feeding his sheep. This is what this is about. Work hard. Hold on, my my phone. Get back to the page again. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenus and Philetus, they have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred in this way. They have turned some people away from the faith, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stood with this inscription. So let's go back for a moment. And let's talk about how Jesus was talking about that the Pharisees had a lot of man-made traditions. Let's stop passing down these man-made traditions. Let's stand on the truth of God, the truth in his word, what God said. Be led by the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. Let's not worry about traditions. Let's not put God in a box. Let's all seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's do that, family. The Lord knows those who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver. Some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Family, keep yourself clean. Allow the Lord to examine your heart and stay in a repentant state so the Lord is able to use you. He cannot use you if you are not clean. You get what I'm saying? Stay honorable so you don't have to be ashamed. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates useful lust. Instead, pursue righteousness, living faithful, li- righteousness, living faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone to be able to teach and be patient with the difficult people. And jet- gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to hear the sense. Then they will come to, to their senses. I'm sorry, family. This is why I need y'all because I'm, I'm having Moses vibes today. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. 
for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Family. We are one body to serve a purpose. We are a body that we are patiently enduring with each other. We are here to win these souls and to uplift each other. We are here to be intercessors for each other. You get what I'm saying, family? Let's stop being against each other. Let's stop saying, well, I'm this church and I'm that church. Let's just be the church. You get what I'm saying? Yes, we all have different callings. We are all we all operate in different gifts. I understand that family. I know that we do, but it's all to equip each other. Let's stop exalting ourselves. We all need each other. We all have weaknesses. Okay, family, this is going to be it for this episode. Let's just end in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your words, Lord. I thank you for my brothers and my sisters, Lord. I thank you for just allowing me to speak your words, Father. I pray that every seed is planted in fertile soil, Lord, and that you will water it by your living water, Lord. I just thank you. And I praise you, Father. And that is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. I love you, family. I plead the blood of Jesus over you guys. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. I will talk to you later. See ya. Bye.